Steve and Justin use YCharts for their winning investment research. So start your free trial now. And if you purchase, mention InvestTalk and get a generous discount at YCharts.com. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to InvestTalk. It is Wednesday, May 22nd, 2019. I'm Steve Peasley, and I thank you for joining me today, as you do every day. And I hope you will call me. I hope we get the calls because you drive the show, you make it interesting, and I try to keep it flowing, and hopefully it won't be boring. We try to make this, if you're invested, interested in investing, if you're interested in managing your money, achieving your goal of financial freedom, which we all are shooting for, then this show is for you. You can, we'll answer any questions you want about investing, anything financial. We'll talk about that. So the goal is financial freedom. I mention almost every day. And the philosophy that we have here at KPP Financial that we try to impart to you is independent thinking and shared success. Shared meaning I invest my money right along my clients, right alongside. I buy the same thing, same price, same percentage, same time. So all my money is at work with the clients that we have. So it's shared success. And, um, you know, independent thinking because you can't, you know, you just can't go with the crowd. You can't run with the herd all the time. The herd eventually will go over a cliff. So you got to have some independent thinking. So independent thinking and shared success. Now today, and this hour, I'm going to do my best for us to achieve that, that financial freedom goal. So I want you to call me, ask your questions. We're live right now that we opened up, we call it the listener line. And I'm taking your calls, 888-99-CHART. We're live every day, Monday through Friday, 4 to 5 Pacific time, every day, Monday through Friday. Now, my main talking point today concerns an interesting development between Google and the pharmaceutical companies. Now, it's, it's, it's a company inside Google, but it's owned by Google and the rest of the pharmaceutical companies. Clinical trials have long been the most expensive part about getting the drug to market. You know, you have three phases of clinical trial, phase one, two, and three. Phase three is the most expensive, the most time-consuming, and most difficult phase to do. That's the human trials. Trials on new drugs on humans. So we're going to talk about that. That's our main talking point today. So Google is teaming up. Now, the company inside Google is called Verily. And they're, they're teaming up with a bunch of drug companies. And we'll talk about that. I also want to talk about uh, WeWorks for the retired. Have you heard about WeWorks? I, we moved to a WeWorks building. And I'll explain that a little bit. And, and, but the, how about WeWorks for the retired person? And it's a concept that's been put out there that I want to explore with them. When you retire, what are you going to do with all your time? Where are you going to live? You know, that kind of thing. And I kind of like this idea. That's why I'm going to share it with you. And will we ever see a bull market in gold? It's been a while. I mean, eight years, eight lean years in gold. Are we finally going to see it in 2019? We'll talk about that. And what is the magic number 
to save for retirement? How much money should you save? What's the magic number? What's the simple simple number that I should save for retirement? And I have one. And those are what we're going to discuss, everybody. But of course, you come first. The market was down again, down 101 points on the Dow, down 35 on the NASDAQ, down 8 on the S&P, because there is no catalyst of good news to drive it. What's the good news? We don't have earnings, so there could be a surprise on the upside of earnings. We already went through that. That's gone. We don't have a, a deal or even a deal in the works or even getting closer. It seems like it's getting further away with China trade talks. It seems like it's spreading apart. We don't have uh, the Federal Reserve lowering rates would be positive for the market. They're not raising them either. So that that's not going to do it. How about our economy? Economy is doing pretty good, but it's not going to be, it's not going to do better. It's probably going to do the same or a little bit worse. It's going to grow a little bit slower. So that's not going to drive the market. So give me uh, give me some catalyst. What, what is going to happen? Europe, Europe market's taking off. Europe economy is doing very well. No, they're not. How about the Chinese economy? No. Hmm. Where's the catalyst to drive our stocks higher? Our stock market only goes up when new money comes in. There is... Actually, a lot of money on the sidelines right now. So there is ammunition for the market to go up. But the investors have to be teased into making, to put that money in, in the market in a broad broad sense, you know, not just a trickle in, but it's got to come in. Well, maybe that will eventually come in, but something usually sparks it to, to get people on the, get, get invested. And I don't know what that might be. I don't. I'm sure it will be something someday. I just don't know what it is. And there's nothing, uh, unless something turns around the Chinese-U.S. trade deal, that could happen. That's possible. And I, and again, I think I mentioned before that I think it's going to happen. Because, uh, you know, unless both sides are not negotiating in good faith, that's possible. Uh, because... Trump would want to have a deal done before election. That would be a little feather in his hat that he can point to. But maybe the Chinese are not willing to give him that little feather in the hat because maybe they don't think it's worth it to them. I can tell you this. The tariffs are going to hurt them a lot more than the tariffs are hurt us. Because they're a lot more dependent on exports than we are. Anyways. So what else is going on out there? What's You know... The market, as I told you, was down today, so it's been down for most of the month of May. Had a few days of up, but most of the month has been kind of on the downswing. Um, what'd you say? <laughs> oh, okay, we have a caller. I don't see him. We're going to go to Noel and Napa. How you doing, Noel? Oh, good afternoon, Steve. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to ask a quick question. Uh, you don't have to go into it. I just... I just couldn't get the name uh, straight on that uh, in the latter part of the program. I think it was a food stock, uh, JPL or something like that. I, if you, you do you recall the name or the symbol of that one? It was uh, around the twenty dollar range, and it was one that you kind of thought was a good good stock. BGS, BGS, B and G Foods Inc. is oh, okay. the one we talked about B- yesterday. B G is B, in George. G S is in Sam. S, correct, correct. Okay. So that was the stock we talked okay. about yesterday. Yeah, 
Yeah, um, and we mentioned it yesterday because it had a really solid di- dividend, and the stock has been beaten up. It looks like it's hit the double bottom, and looks like it, you know, it's not. not there's this is a good value stock. Talking about, I had an investment academy today was a, a growth versus value, and this fits the value section of the market. If you're going to look for value stocks, this is what they look like. BGS. Okay, you're listening to Vest Talk, and I'm Steve Peasley, and I want you to be aware of a very special upcoming financial event in Southern California. I'm talking about the KPP Financial Invest Talk Wealth Conference. It's it's set for Saturday, June 22nd in Irvine. We haven't had a conference, uh, in-person conference, in quite some time. So, um, and you know, we're putting one on. So, if you, Justin and I will be. Um, leading, of course, the session to help you understand the current volatility market and a global economic environment we're in. We're also going to give you a, a plan to boost income and manage your investments risk. And we will define ways to find greater opportunities in any market environment. Really, there are. There's always opportunities out there. So please make plans to join us June 22nd from 9 a.m. to 11 in Irvine, California. Conference attendance is $39, but if you sign up during May, you will you can get the special early bird offer pricing of $29. To learn more and purchase tickets, go to investtalk.com, investtalk.com with two T's. And now I'm taking your questions live, 888-99-CHART. Let's calibrate our calendars. May is racing by, Memorial Day is this coming Monday, and the market movements are certainly interesting. So step up with your finance and investment questions. Steve Peasley is here now, and he's ready to take your calls live. This is Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. Okay, did you see Qualcomm shares today down 9%? I think they ended up down 11 I thought. Maybe it was 9% this morning anyways. Um, remember, they've been up 50% over the last month. They had really good numbers, and there was some, you know, they had that settlement with Apple that, you know, now they're down. Why? A U.S. judge has ruled that Qualcomm unlawfully suppressed competition in the market for cell phone chips, and that Qualcomm uses dominant position to impose excessive licensing fees. Now, they've had this problem before years and years and years ago. Remember, Qualcomm is the one that invented CDMA and TDMA, all those technology allowing phones to go across airways and not get mixed up. And, you know, 1G, 2G, 3G, 4G, now we're going to 5G. That's all Qualcomm's inventions, okay? So they accused uh, Qualcomm of using anti-competitive tactics to maintain its monopoly on key semiconductors used in mobile phones. So these are specialty chips in mobile phones. Now, now you do recall that Apple settled a patent infringement because um, Apple infringed on their patents for like, I don't know, billions of dollars. And Apple ordered more billions of dollar chips from them. So, how bad is this going to hurt Qualcomm? Uh, this doesn't. This is not uh, systemic to their business that this is going to be a problem. It means they're going to change how they do business somewhat, but I don't think it changes any way, shape, or form their profit model. It's probably going to have some impact, but how much? I don't think it's going to be as much as people are fearing. 
So we'll see. Remember, Intel is getting out of the 5G business. So, and that leaves it, you know, even more business for Qualcomm. So, we'll see. The market opened up with the technology stocks under pressure. You know, keep in mind that Apple, Apple, use a global supply chain that relies heavily on Chinese manufacturing. And we've had this, you know, we're having a trade war, a, uh, a an issue with uh, tariffs. Don't think that China can't retaliate. They can, and they will. And will it affect that supply chain for making Apple phones and Apple products? It's going to be painful no matter what happens. So, so is it a trade war? Well, it's at least a clash of geopolitical philosophies. Because China's philosophy is way different than ours. They want command and control of everything. And they don't mind stealing technologies. And they, they think that's perfectly fine. We, on the other hand, want patents and protections for the patents to keep our companies and economy rolling forward using those patents. China doesn't see it that way. Okay, so it's a different philosophy altogether. We talked about this a little bit yesterday. Retailers. Did you see you know, Lowe's and Nordstrom's lower their forecast? But Target, Target has a very strong online footprint. Remember I talked about competing with Amazon. you got to find a solution to compete with Amazon. Well, Target really has, and Walmart really has. Those are the two others. And Costco has no problem competing with Amazon. So Target, you know, their online sales surged 42% in the most recent quarter. Now, remember, the overall sales is only 7% of their revenue, but increasing their online sales 42%, mostly because of the pickup at curbside that you can do at Target. And, of course, Walmart has that too. So, but how about the tariffs? Will they impact Target and Walmart's business on China when they put tariffs on our products and we're putting tariffs on our products? Hmm, don't know. That's what's going on today. Lots of stuff, right? This is Invest Talk, everybody. And we're well into the four trading week of May and you know too many of us. It really does feel like time's racing by. To me, it does. But don't worry. You're not, the, you're not alone about that. And Invest Talk, KPP Financial, we want to help you reach your goal, financial freedom. That's our job. And ask questions, we'll get you there. So please feel free to call. You can also send us an email, me or Justin. We'll answer your emails. We're good at that. You can send it anytime, KPP Financial. We're in Irvine, California. And now I'm taking your financial and investment questions live, 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, the radio program and podcast dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom. You may be a regular listener. You may even have called a few times. But if you've never called, what are you waiting for? The phone lines are open, and Steve and Justin would love to hear your questions right now. Call 888-99-CHART. Okay, my main talking point today concerns, uh, you know, pretty interesting development between Google at least a, a company inside Google, and big pharmaceutical companies. They're teaming up. A company called Verily, it's a wholly owned subsidiary of Google that looks like to me, eventually that could be spinned, spun off. I think, I think that's actually what's going to happen someday. But Verily is moving uh, into clinical trials market. 
pharmacy companies are looking to work with Verily. A bunch of them have already listed, you know, uh, I, got, I think I got a list, a short list of them. Yeah, Novartis, Sanoff, Ostica, Pfizer, bunch of companies that we're already agreeing that help that have verily helped them with their clinical trials and phase three the human testing is where they are now what did verily do verily kicked off its own study dubbed baseline in 2017 and what it did it, it, the idea is to use technology to find people that have illnesses and be willing to sign up for uh, um, trials clinical trials and what they're doing is developing a, this whole a whole list of potential uh, potential um, people to test drugs and have them ready and be able to use technology in various forms to conduct the clinical trials so the first thing they have to do the first thing when the drug is on phase three first thing they do they got to find people with the disease that this drug targets right they're going to find those people then they got to advertise to them and, and that and talk them into signing up to be part of the the, the trials. Well, Verily would do that with already having a, a a database of people with illnesses that volunteered volunteered to become a a, a, a test subject. Now, how do they do that? Well. Um, they, what they do is, remember, Google's a search engine. So if you're searching for uh, uh, asthma drugs or new treatments for asthma or you're searching for anything, they know who you are. So they're going to send you, the persons who search for specific things, you know, uh, would you be willing or wanting to test new drugs coming out that would help with asthma? You see how that interactive that will be? They, they already have people interested because of what, what you search for. And so they want to expand that. Then you might know somebody else who has asthma, right? You know, that or family member. See, stuff like that. that that's what Verily is doing. And it, it could be a big thing. Uh, it could, I mean, that business is like 70, there's about $70 billion annually spent on this kind of stuff, on phase three trials. You know, so anything that the, the drug companies can save by turning it over to Verily, they usually, most drug companies use outside sources to do, to find their subjects and conduct the trials anyways. They don't do it themselves. So, so some of them do, some of them don't. So it's an interesting concept. I think it's a concept that will work. And, you know, it's part of Google. We'll see if they ever spin that off. I don't know if they will or not, but we'll see. Okay. Um, that's what, you know, that's what they're trying on that. 888-99-CHARTERS is our number, everybody. 888-992-4278. Now, I'm going to explain what WeWorks, and then WeWorks for the retired here in a minute. Uh, but what, I'm going to explain what WeWorks is. WeWorks is a, is a, you can look them up, but it is a concept for businesses, such as mine, small businesses, that um, rent space from a company called WeWorks, and WeWorks gives you a small office, you know, that you actually do your physical work from. But in the bigger sense, they have conference rooms and tables, and uh, you know, they have a, a reception area that's very large with couches and things to sit at. And you bring your computer anywhere. It's high-speed internet connections, and you don't have to work in your office. You can work sitting on the couch. You can work, you don't have to 
do you know it's not like that they also provide uh, uh, a workout room think of Silicon Valley and the big companies when they they feed people they have workout rooms they because they want you to stay there and work there it's kind of along that kind of concept I'm not so sure I'm sold on it but I want to talk about that concept a WeWork's kind of concept for people in retirement. In other words, a WeWork's kind of concept for retired people. How would that work? Well, maybe it would have a salon, a, a general kitchen that people could use for meet people and a big open space. Maybe have a, a, a theater in there, galleries, uh, painting, you know, a, a little gallery for pain you know in other words inner you know socialization for retired people and then you have a smaller one uh, studio or one bedroom apartment but that you don't stay in the apartment you socialize now of course that is a possibility for retired people we're not talking about for people that need assisted living or anything just retired people to be more social maybe in a, a city environment where you want the city life i could see that working you can't see that working? I, I, no, no, I, I think that might work. It may not be cheap, though. On tomorrow's Invest Talk, Apple's China business accounts for more than 17% of sales. One analyst now says that Apple's earnings would drop by nearly 30% if China bans its products. I don't really see that happening. You can see a tariff. That story is going to be tomorrow, everybody. But for now, I'm Steve Peasley, and I'm ready to take your questions at 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, and if you live anywhere in Southern California, Steve Peasley and Justin Klein encourage you to make plans to attend KPP Financial's Invest Talk Wealth Conference. It's happening on Saturday, June 22nd, from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. in Irvine, California. At the conference, Steve and Justin will help you understand the current volatile market and global economic environment. They'll give you a plan to boost income and manage investment risk. And they'll define ways to find great opportunities in any market environment. The Summer Invest Talk Wealth Conference is an investor learning opportunity that you should not miss. Conference attendance is priced at $39. However, if you sign up during May, you'll get a special price of only $29. You can purchase tickets and learn more now at investtalk.com. The Invest Talk radio and podcast continues now. The phone lines are open. Call with questions, 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, made possible by KPP Financial, where they implement a very practical investing philosophy, independent thinking, shared success. Learn more anytime at investtalk.com. And now Steve is here taking your calls, so step up with your questions. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. We're going to go talk to Sam and Cupertino. How you doing, Sam? That's Cupertino, California. Hey, Sam. How are you? How you doing? I'm good. So you were just talking about WeWork. Uh, wanted to get some more thoughts from you on that one. What do you think about the overall business? Um, it looks like they're planning to do an IPO. Um, would mm-hmm. it be a good long-term investment? Clearly, they're losing a lot of money in the short term. 
Yeah, yeah they, they've been losing money. I don't know if the concept, even though I'm in a WeWorks building and it's worldwide, I don't know if the concept, concept has been proven successful yet. They're still expanding pretty fast. So I'm just not positive, and you know, since it it's a new IPO, you know how I feel about new IPOs, Sam. You know, you don't do, you don't don't invest them. They're not going to offer it to you at the IPO price. But I just you know I don't like to buy companies that don't make money, and I think they're a long way from making money. I do think the concept has a lot of merit, but you know they got to make money at it. It's as simple as that, like any other concept in business. So it's still too. I think it's too early. Too early for us to make any kind of, uh, you know, real firm decisions that this is gonna this is gonna turn out really be a big deal. I think it can be because they can squeeze a lot more people in a shorter shorter space, smaller space. I mean, my office is is uh, you know I have five you know five employees and then I have a separate office next to it. In my for me, and that office is about. Uh, five feet by seven feet for my whole office. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so that's how small it is. So I'm I'm renting a small space for for me and mm-hmm. much bigger for the other people. But but they can squeeze a lot of businesses in there, right? There's Pepsi in there, and there's some big companies too. Lyft, Uber has offices there. So um, I think it has merit. I think it could work. I do. You know. So, but yeah. I, I think it's too early, Sam. <laughs> Just too early. Thanks. Thanks for the call, Sam. Good good call. Thank you. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. How about, um, will we finally see a bull market in gold? It's been eight lean years for gold. We have eight years of really no performance. Um, and for, for to find out if it's really going to go higher, you know, I look at the technicals on the charts and the trend line resistance has been has been kind of broken and therefore it should move up but i've noticed over the 5 year period last 5 years they've had higher lows in gold prices and they've had three tops in those three five years and come up to the top and fail up at the top and fail up the top and fail but every time they fail they go down lower I mean, uh, less lower. In other words, higher lows and straight across. So that tr- forms a triangle. And where it meets, that triangle meets, means it's either going to break out or break down. And it's a rising triangle, so the odds of a breakout is higher. Also, it's a possible cup and handle formation, which I talked about today on uh, on Talk Academy. Uh, that's a technical term, and it's a bullish, but they haven't finished out the handle part. You've got to build a cup on a chart. Looks like a bottom of a cup come up, and then a little handle at the top. And we'll see who that is. For, so technically, it looks like it has a very good possibility of breaking out of this, this kind of sideways movement. What's really interesting also is the dollar has been very strong. And yet, gold hasn't been that weak. When the dollar goes up, generally gold goes down. Well, in this case, gold is kind of going sideways. It is obvious if you use the ETF for gold miners, GDX, uh, GDX, and compare that with UUP, which is the dollar. You'll see that the UUP has been going up, 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 and up, where GDX has been going sideways, when in actuality, 
gold should go down, gold miners should go down when dollar goes up. Now, the dollar has topped. It's at a double top. So, it, this all these technical reads tell me that I think this year gold might have a move. It might be next year, but I think we're I think it's ready to move up. Don't know for sure. Nothing is for certain. Remember, reading charts is not an art, not a science, it's an art. It tends to be true. It's not always true. So I think we may have seen the bottom in gold. Maybe. <laughs> you notice how I'm trying to hedge there. <laughs> I am hedging. This is Investalk. I'm Steve Peasley. And, of course, I stream, we stream here on Investalk Live and broadcast Investalk at uh, 4, 4 o'clock hour Pacific time every weekday. And it's also available 24 hours a day, 7 days a week via archive podcast at investtalk.com. And, of course, you can listen, subscribe, and rate Investalk Podcast at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. You can do it. I hope you tell your friends also, maybe family members, everybody. I want everybody to listen, of course. Of course I would, right? So, please tell them about Investalk. And now, the lines are open. We're taking your financial and investing questions live, 888-99-CHART. A quick reminder, if there's a term that you hear mentioned on the program, but you're unclear about what it means or you have a question about it, we want you to ask. It's very likely that you're not the only one with that same question, 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve, love the program. Just had a question. What do you think about uh, sites like Acorns that offer partial shares? Just wondering what you thought of that. Thanks. There's absolutely nothing wrong with them. Um, I, I don't, you know, especially when these uh, stocks are really high priced, right? I mean, you go out and try to buy Amazon today. You know, for one share of Amazon, you got to spend $1,859. So I don't have a problem with with Acorn. Uh, I'm just not sure. Do you hold the shares? Because uh, 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 you can't hold a partial share. You can't, you know, physically buy from a company a partial share. So these companies have to buy the shares and they hold them and split them up. So I'm not sure how that all works. You know, I'm not sure. You know what what safeguards are in place. In other words, but the concept I like the concept because you can get you want, you want to diversify, and you so therefore you don't want to own one, two, or three stocks, and especially high price flyers, and and then not not be properly diversified. So I kind of like the idea. I think the concept has merit, and I don't have a problem with it. Um, I'd have to look into it for myself personally before I would do it because I want to know what kind of, you know, who owns those partial shares? Do I actually own it in my my physical account? You know, and so I, that that's about, and then I want to make sure that the custodian, which would be Acorn, is SIPIC insured? You know, I don't want to take risks with an uninsured entity out there. You know, so you want SIPIC insurance to so make sure that exists. Okay. That kind of thing is what I would be worried about. Okay. Okay. What is the magic number to save for retirement? So here you are 40 years old or you're 21. I don't care. What is the magic number you should save? How much? And this is it. I'm going to give it to you. It's 10%. 10%. Between you and your employer, if you have a 401k, make sure you save 10% of your salary. 
Save 10% and invest it. Don't save less. That's the minimum. But if you do 10%, chances are high that you'll have a comfortable retirement. But you got to do 10%. And when you get raises, it's still 10%. So you got to raise the participation. You know, we got to make sure you stay with 10%. Don't uh, don't say, well, I'm just going to do you know a flat number of money per month. No, no, let it be a percentage. Now, will that guarantee you wealth? Not necessarily. If you want to get a much, much more secure guarantee of wealth, do 20%. <laughs> but no one, no one I know personally does that much. No one. You can do it. For instance, you if this is how I think you can do it. Let's say you're living on your salary right now and you get a raise. Put all that raise into retirement account or into a, a, a an investment account. Let's say you get another raise. Do the same. Live on the same amount you have been living on and save all your raises. You'll be wealthy. No one can do that either. How about this? Stop borrowing money. Stop paying interest. Instead of buying that fancy expensive car that you had to borrow money for, why don't you save up your money and buy the car you can afford and pay cash? How about that? Or how about cutting out, you know, half your Starbucks coffee a week and save that money? See, there's all kinds of ways. You know, there's a book called um, Millionaire Next Door out there, everybody. Millionaire Next Door. You should buy it, read it, and follow it if you want to be rich. Now, let's let's go ahead and call another. Let's go ahead and take another caller. The caller came in earlier. Same number, 888-99-CHART. Hi there, Stephen, Justin. Uh, My name's Adam. I'm from Wisconsin. Enjoy the podcast. Just had a quick question for you guys. I am curious about how you feel about the uh, company Exact Sciences, E-X-A-S. I had purchased some of their shares about like the end of last summer, and I had gotten in at around fifty dollars a share, and and now they're at about a hundred and two, hundred and four dollars a share, and just kind of wanted to get your opinion on them. Uh, I'm thinking about taking some of the earnings and um, buying a different stock with that. Specifically, the one I was considering was uh, one from your show the other day, IRM because they're currently at about $30, $31 a share right now. So I uh, just you know, love to get your opinion on that, and I look forward to hearing the information on the podcast. Thanks a lot. Okay, just so you know, you should not be paying attention to the price of the stock. The price of the stock, because it's $30 versus $90, is meaningless. You should not care about the price of the stock because it's always what the value of the company is, that price related to its earnings and its growth. Now, this one, Exact Sciences Corp., has a, is a classic growth company. They're growing their sales 7, 60, 70, 80% per quarter. They make no money, though, but it's a classic growth company growing sales extremely fast, but not earnings yet. Hasn't turned into earnings. But therefore, you know me, I, won't, I don't buy companies that don't make money. Now, Exact Science is simple as EXAS, develops molecular diagnostic for the early detection of colorectal, whatever, pancreas and cancers, okay? Different kinds of cancers. 
<coughs> excuse me. Uh, they're going to lose $2.23 a share this year. They're going to lose $1.18 a share next year. As I said, they're growing sales extremely fast, 70, 60, 70, 80% a quarter. And that's why it's a classic growth company. So I would definitely take profits. You said you bought it at 50. You've almost doubled your money because right now it's at $95 or so, $94.91. So $95. I would definitely take half off the table at least and you know, diversify. Diversify. But you shouldn't concern yourself with the price of the stock. I know a lot of people do because, oh, I can only buy two shares or five shares or whatever. What you need to concern yourself is, is do I have proper diversification in my portfolio? Therefore, I need a lot of stocks, 15, 20, 25. I think someone did a study and they felt like 25 stocks was the ideal number. So I like to have 30 personally. That, you know, If I'm fully invested, I want 30. Okay. Appreciate the call. Good company though, as far as growth, but doesn't make money. I like my growth companies to be making money. Here's another market news note that you might find interesting. Uh, UPS will use drones to deliver medical supplies. Drones will deliver blood supplies and potential move uh, vaccines. Uh, so UPS has made healthcare one of its main priorities, and this program, you know, is its first foray into that kind of industry. The company ultimate goal, the company's ultimate goal in the healthcare sector is to improve patient care through streamlined logistics. In other words, supplying the supply chain, get you your drugs as soon as possible. So that's kind of interesting. The drone, the new drone system has potential to substantially improve patient care, uh, patient care because samples can be sent the same day on demand. Hmm. Samples can remember samples, you know, yeah, well, maybe it'll work. Maybe the new U.S. drone delivery system will be faster, more environmentally friendly, less labor-intensive. But don't you see there's some problems? There are going to be some problems with drones delivery. Remember, Amazon is thinking about delivering, making deliveries with the drones, too. I can see that. What a you know, drug delivery? Hmm, I think there's going to be issues. We still can fit you in with a quick call. This, uh, this, this came in early at 888-99-CHART. Hello, this is Maurice. I just wanted to get your take on Pinterest, P-I-N-S. And I just was looking to invest in some, buy some stocks in Pinterest, and just wanted your take on that, sir. Thank you. Isn't it pronounced Pinterest, I think? Pinterest, Inc. Provides a visual discovery platform that helps users to discover ideas for various products and interests. They're going to make money for the first time next year, a penny a share. First time. They came IPO 2016. No, no, the IPO just came out. I'm sorry. We have data back to 2016, but they've always lost money. So in 2020, they're going to make the first time they're ever going to make money. This, this another growth stock, $13 billion company, sales growth 50% or more every quarter for, for, for two years now. Going back before, long before their IPO, but it's a brand new IPO. I would not, you do not invest in brand new IPOs. You lose money every time. Stay out of it. Stay out. PINS. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here to help you achieve financial freedom. And our work continues after this break. Get your questions in. You can do it now. 888 99 chart. 
On the next Invest Talk, Apple's China business accounts for more than 17% of sales. One analyst now says that Apple's earnings would drop by nearly 30% if China were to ban its products. That story tomorrow. But now Steve is here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your questions. Call 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve or Justin. This is Russ in Chicago. I had a quick question about core holdings. If you place any stops on those, indefinitely holding, for example, AT&T and Altria, uh, I've been writing um, covered calls uh, in a three- to four-month time frame on those. I was just curious if at any time you want to ever stop out or have some sort of a, a soft stop in place, or if the price severely dips, if you just load up more with the expectation that they've been around for a long time and they'll rebound. So uh, it's a buying opportunity. I'd love to hear your answer. Thank you. Well, that's a good question. Core holdings, holdings that you have in your portfolio that you plan on holding forever. I don't want to necessarily say you have to hold on to ever because you don't ever know what could happen. Uh, you know, the stock, you know, there have been big major companies go out of business for, you know, or, or get severely hurt because they fall behind. Like, uh, how about Motorola? How about Xerox? You know, that would have been core holdings in their day, right? Uh, so, yeah, the idea is, uh, they're correct. You want to buy them right because generally core holdings are not our big blue chip dividend paying kind of companies. That's generally what they are. And so you want to buy them right because they may not go, they may not, they don't move like, you know, high flyer, high growth stocks. They move slowly. And the best time to buy them, of course, is in a recession or when they get really beat up. Then that's part of value investing, which I talked about today on the Best Talk Academy. You want to buy them when they're good values. Now, you got to be careful of value traps. And a value trap is a core holding looking stock that got real cheap. But it got real cheap because it no longer can compete. And that you don't want that kind of thing. So, you can't put core holdings in your portfolio and never, ever say you'll never sell them. But a company like maybe you know ExxonMobil. Well, that could be a core holding. I think it's pretty core. Johnson Johnson. Well, that could be core holding. AT&T, Verizon, core holdings. Uh, maybe, I, maybe an Amazon would be a core holding, right? But I don't. But I. But uh, for a core holding, I need to buy those cheap. Amazon's expensive, so you know, and you got to buy them right. And you basically hold them. And, you know, there's absolutely nothing wrong with uh, optioning them, you know, to make some income on the way. Remember, these core holdings, generally speaking, don't move up very fast, but they usually throw off a good, solid dividend. So, there's not, not that's, I think it's a good idea. 888-99-CHART, everybody. That's our number. You can call me anytime. <coughs> Excuse me. Don't have enough time for the rest of this hour. So, uh, we found out today from the Federal Reserve last minutes that it certainly looks like they have no intention of raising rates anytime soon. And the intention will be probably reducing rates. There's more evidence that they're going to reduce rates at some point than raise them. And remember, a few weeks ago, both President Trump and Vice President Pence wanted the Fed to lower the rates 
to get ahead of the curve. Or they want to allow the race to boost the economy further for their re-election bid next year. What do you think is true? I think both are true, by the way. Every president does it. Don't think it's just President Trump. Every president wants to boost the economy as they go in for a re-election the year before. So they can, you know, they, that's when they try to boost is the year before. Because they're hoping by the time election comes around, everything will be rolling pretty good. And I, you know, I think the Federal Reserve is all, I know the Federal Reserve has always missed the boat. They're always too late raising or too late slowing or reducing the rates. They're always too late to the game, at least historically they have been. So the question is how late? What time frame? Well, they there is no inflation, so they can't argue that. That's what they were arguing that like last year when they were raising rates all the time. They're arguing, well, they're 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 trying to get ahead of inflation when there was no evidence of inflation at all, and there still isn't. So why did they you know why did they raise rates? Well, just to get them up to more normalized a more normalized rate. That's it. But they don't plan on raising them anymore. Interesting stuff. I'm Steve Peasley, everybody. And this completes another InvestTalk program. And I thank you for your loyal support and questions. I appreciate them. Please come back tomorrow. I'll be here. Remember, you can listen to our InvestTalk podcast online for free anytime. So good night, everybody. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, Call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.